you know, there was a group of men and women that are men that uh, hit Omaha Beach uh, during World War II. It was called D-Day. Different kind of beach, but uh, we honor not only their, uh, we honor their sacrifice and the sacrifice of uh, those that have laid down their lives. But uh, I always kind of struggle with this. Not really a struggle, but I think about there are also those in the kingdom of God that lay down their lives. And uh, they're called martyrs. Uh, they were martyred for the faith. They were martyred for the word of God. Uh, they, they stood up for truth. And because of that, uh, some were burned at the stake. Some were crucified upside down. Some were, some were martyred. There were many that were martyred in different ways. But they, they paid the ultimate price and the ultimate sacrifice, not only uh, not only for the freedom that we, uh, we enjoy today, but also we think of Jesus Christ who voluntarily laid down his life uh, for eternal freedom. Yeah. He, it, was in a, it was a sacrifice that paid, for, uh, that paid for our eternal freedom. So we just thank and praise the Lord Jesus Christ for that. I want to uh, also verify the, uh, the, the prophetic word that was given about uh, people that were wounded in their hearts. Uh, I actually had got, received a prophetic word this morning that, uh, that there was somebody that, uh, that was wounded in their heart. And uh, I saw it dealing with a relationship. And uh, also the song came to me. Um, it was a Hank Williams song that I'm so lonesome I could cry. And uh, I'd just like to sing that for a moment. But I see, uh, I hear the Lord's answer to that. It goes like this. Did you ever see a robin cry when leaves begin to die that means it's lost it's well to live well I'm so lonesome I could cry then I hear the Lord's response do you know I gave my life for you when things were dark and dreary, my life in you raises you to new highs. So rejoice and live again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God wants you to live again. As a matter of fact, that brings me, uh, on May 17th, we were having a prayer meeting, and uh, our prayer meetings is basically, uh, we were accused of tongue meetings. We have tongue meetings. <laughs> and uh, at the end of the tongues meeting, we will uh, listen to hear what the Lord has to say. And he gave me, uh, gave me a prophetic word that basically this message is built off of. And so... Um, you know, we have this mindset that I believe needs to be changed. 
that mindset is that we are always needing God the Father to rescue us from our mess and failures. I'm not, I'm not criticizing that. How many of you are glad that he rescues you? But there's all, you know, uh, General Patton never made a plan to have the enemy beat us, uh, beat them, and then come back and win the day. His plans were always to, to win, win, win. As a matter of fact, uh, he made a statement. Um, he says, you're not here to die for your country. You're here to make the other poor guy <laughs> die for his country. <laughs> so anyway, I believe that God, God does rescue us yes. in times when we need to be rescued. But I believe that God has a plan for us to beat back the enemy before we get into the messes that we get into. And I believe that if we will open our hearts, open our ears, open our minds to the fact that God wants us to walk in victory, you know, when we get into, when we need it, we'll be rescued. Hallelujah. I remember, uh, how many of you watched the Band of Brothers? The Band of Brothers. Well, it was about the 101st Airborne and uh, they were surrounded by the enemy at the Battle of the Bulge. And, uh, you know, they, they, uh, somebody said, do you need to be rescued? He said, you're surrounded by the enemy. And he says, that's where we're supposed to be, surrounded by the enemy. You know, the, hundred, the, the airborne was actually always dropped behind enemy lines. So they were always surrounded by the enemy. But... Um, there's a scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. It says this. It says, Now thanks be to God who always leads us into triumph. Yeah. Doesn't say he leads us into defeat. Doesn't say he leads us into a place of needing to be rescued. It says he always leads us into triumph. Then I'd also like for you to turn to First uh, John chapter five. First John chapter five, and we'll begin in verse one. It says this: It says, "Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves Him who begot, which is God the Father, loves Him who is begotten of Him." He says, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For, the love, uh, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. That doesn't mean we're going back to the law and keeping the commands of God. We are, Jesus said, a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another. And as a matter of fact, he says in Romans that when, we, that, what, that when we love, we fulfill the law. But he's not finished there. He goes on to say, um, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Do we have any born again people here today? 
We have good. We got one guy that raised his hand. Hallelujah. We got two. We got two. We got two. We got two. Can I get three? Can I get three? Can I get three? Three, three, three. Three, three. Can I get four? Can I get four? Can I get four? Four. Oh, hallelujah. We're going to have revival here today. Thank the Lord. So whatever is born of God overcomes the world. You know, you might be like the 101st airborne, drop behind enemy lines, surrounded, and it seems like almost defeat, but the reality is that you have already overcome the world. See, the, see the, the thing of it is, is a lot of Christians are waiting for victory. We're not here to wait for victory. We have the victory. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith, our faith. I'm not waiting to get faith. Faith is already given to me because God's, the scripture says that God gives to every man the measure of faith. But the reality is, is what are you going to do with the measure of faith that you've received? Are you going to use it or are you going to lose it? Uh, you know, you say, well, you know, uh, well, really, you know, the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. But you know, some of you have received gifts and callings and they're just stagnant. They're in a box. They're on a shelf waiting for, waiting for God to make it happen. I've seen in the scriptures where God will tell some people to do things and then they've got to step out and do something. How about when they cross the... Um, the Jordan at flood stage. Go step in the water. Step into the water. Wait out a little bit deeper. So anyway, they had to step into the water before the waters of the Jordan stopped. The waters of the Jordan didn't part. They stopped. It was the Red Sea where they parted. Okay, so sometimes you're going to have to step into the water. You might have to wade out a little bit farther than what you're comfortable with. The reality is, is God, God needs to get us out of our comfort zone. We've got to get beyond thinking, well, you know, the temperature has to be right. You know, I'm guilty of this. My wife's guilty of it too. I like it hot and she likes it cold. So you know what it means in the car. Anyway, <laughs> you know, I'm still, I'm still wearing sweatshirts and a jacket. You know, because I, like I like to be comfortable. But the reality is, is when you're walking by faith, you have to sometimes step out when you don't feel comfortable. So again, so again, he says, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he that believes that Jesus is the son of God. You know, you're not, we're not looking for something hard and difficult. Do you believe? Do you believe? Will you stand on that? Will you not retreat from that? Will you not be ashamed of that? Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Do you believe that he was resurrected from the dead? Do you believe the promises of God? Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Well, this is the prophetic word that I received from the Lord. The Lord said to me, he says, I am your intelligence for Strategic warfare. Now, you might not understand, you might not be clear with that, 
But you know that we need intelligence before we make a move. You know, they just don't say, well, let's make a plan. No, they find out with the strengths and the weaknesses of the enemy. They've, uh, you know, armies, they have, uh, they, uh, you know, I, I used to, uh, it was amazing when I found out that the Navy had an intelligence group. <laughs> I always thought, what's wrong with these people? You know, they have naval intelligence. The reason for intelligence is to find out the enemy's strengths and weaknesses so that they can make plans accordingly. Make plans accordingly. Well, the Lord says, I am your intelligence for strategic warfare. You know, God has a plan for you. And that plan isn't for you just to get in messes so he can get you out. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He goes on to say, he says, I want you to have first strike capabilities to take out the enemy before he can mount a strike against you. First strike. Let me go on. It says this, know that my spirit will inform you as well as strike the enemy's plans as you pray in the spirit. You have the advantage with first strike capability. And then he said to me this, he says, I do not want you to have the United States rules of engagement. For I want you to have no mercy on the enemy. You know, the, uh, now we're talking about spiritual enemies. First strike. You know the. Uh, do you know the rules of engagement for the United States military is you have to be fired on before you can fire back. Well, God says I don't want that. He says I want you to make the first strike to take out the enemy, yes. so that he doesn't get a an advantage over you. As a matter of fact, it says, it's either 1st or 2nd Corinthians, it says that, that, that we are not to allow the enemy to get an advantage over us. Thank you, Jesus. He goes on to say, first strike takes out the enemy's air power and will give you control of the skies. Well, the scripture says that the enemy is the prince and the power of the air, but the reality is when we, when we have first strike capability, we are able to take out his influence. Thank you, Lord. Just to give you a, a little thought here, Paul had information of a plot to assassinate him and was able to avoid uh, avoid this by being lowered over the wall in a basket. In other words, it was revealed to him that there was a plot to assassinate him, so he was able to get away. Also, after Paul's arrest in Jerusalem, he had discovered another plot to assassinate him and was able to escape that assassination plot as well. Now, there's a little bit of argument over this, and I'm not into arguing about it, but, um, 
You know, before Paul went to Jerusalem, there, were, there was every place he would go, there was prophetic word after prophetic word that he was going to face trouble in Jerusalem. Okay. And he went on to Jerusalem and faced trouble. They almost beat him to death. <laughs> but hallelujah, God rescued him. Thank God for rescue. But he was given information to what the enemy had planned. Also, uh, Paul was miraculously delivered from prison during a prayer, praise, and worship session in jail. <laughs> Hallelujah. Why am I telling you this? Because the scripture says in, I think it's 1 Corinthians chapter 10, maybe 2 Corinthians chapter 10. It says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Well, if I pull down a stronghold, then I'm able to pull down its effect in my life. Now, I know that has a lot to do with attitudes, and, but you know, sometimes we, we need to tear down the strongholds in our mind. You know, some people, some people think, you know, that, that they have to be in trouble before God will move in their lives. God moved, in your li God moved in your life before the foundation of the world. You were bought with a price before the foundation of the world. Before you were even born, God had already rescued you because Jesus was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Now we just have to accept it. Hallelujah. We also know that Peter was delivered from jail as the church prayed for him, and funny thing about that, he was, the church was praying for him, and he was sleeping. I want to ask you a question. Don't raise your hand. I don't want to be disappointed. Are you praying for me when I'm sleeping? You know, the plan, the Herod's plan, he'd already killed John with the sword. He had Peter in jail, and he was going to kill him the next day. Peter, you know, Peter was sound asleep, but the church was praying. And God sent an angel to get him out of jail. Hallelujah. Turn to somebody and say, do you have a get-out-of-jail-free get card? Hallelujah. Well, there's uh, scripture you're familiar with. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. We see where, uh, we've already seen where uh, there was an angel that brought deliverance to Peter. But I believe that there are things that we can do to encourage the activity of angels. We can encourage the activity of angels. And um, it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1, it says, Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels. So apparently, as we pray in the Spirit, we have an ability to communicate with angels. We have an unconscious 
So in other words, I'm not commanding angels. But in my ability to speak, to pray in the Spirit, to speak in other tongues, I am able to communicate with angels to release them on assignments. Let me ask you a question. Is your angel laid off because of lack of activity? Just a thought. My angel is not laid off. I had him working even when I wasn't <laughs> praying in tongues. Hallelujah. But I'm praying, I'm making up for it now. Hallelujah. I have a, I have a clip I want to show you. And so uh, I'm not endorsing the movie, but I thought this was appropriate for today. So, Rebecca. Give me a sign, Lord. I think he had a sign, didn't he? The reality is, is we're, you know, we are getting signs, but we're ignoring them. You know, I, you know, and I'm not picking on anybody because I know I've done this myself. But you know what? We give God, we give God all the responsibility. We say, Lord, why did you allow this to happen to me? Why did you allow it to happen to me? Well, the reality is, is a lot of times God sends signs. He sends uh, not only just signs, he will speak to your spirit. The scripture says that those who are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. I've told this story a multitude of times, but uh, so, there's some new people here that hadn't heard it. <laughs> Fresh meat. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I was living in Tulsa, and I just, uh, I, had, I had been working construction and, uh, you know, over the wintertime, I was laid off, and so I was looking for other employment. So I found, I found this job, and uh, it was my first, it was going to be my first day on the job. And, uh, you know, I knew several routes I could get there. So um, I thought, man, I, you know, I can get on the freeway and I'll get there because I'm not the type of person that likes to be on time. I like to be there early. You know, so anyway, uh, I felt in my spirit, don't, I just heard this, don't go on the freeway. But man, that's the fast way. <laughs> you know, show me a sign. Don't go on the freeway. Well, I, guess what? I went on the freeway. 
So, you know, I got, to, uh, I got to the place. I got off of the freeway. I thought, well, praise the Lord, I'm safe. I'm off the freeway. But I was, uh, I'd made my right turn, and I was following this truck. Oh, it kind of looked like the one there with the signs, but it didn't have signs. It was all, it, was all, uh, it had been raining there in, in Tulsa, and the whole back of the truck was just covered with mud. As a matter of fact, the brake lights were covered with mud. So, you know, I'm just thinking about getting to my job. Then all of a sudden I noticed that the truck in front of me was stopped. So I, you know, kind of swerved, got in the wrong lane. Well, there was cars coming. So that's not a good idea. I'm still moving. So I get it back over and the truck still stopped. And so I get it off to the side of the road. Praise the Lord. Anybody say praise the Lord after that? Well, guess what? I, you know, for some reason, you know, when I put on the gas, my car slid down the embankment. <laughs> oh, God, why did you let this happen to me? Now, the reality is he didn't want that to happen to me. First strike said, don't go the freeway. But I had my plan. Because I did it my way. When you do it your way, you're going to end up in the ditch sometimes. <laughs> this is not coffee, by the way, so don't, don't drool. <laughs> it's just lukewarm water. So anyway... We ignore the signs that the Spirit puts in our hearts. He wants us to have first strike capability. And I want to just give you a few things. Uh, one is, one, one area that we can have first strike in is, is, is in prayer. Mm -hmm. We can have first strike in prayer. Um, some people say, well, you know, uh, Pastor, I just don't like to get up early. I don't like to get up early, but I, you know, I just wake up, you know, so I get up. But uh, there is another scripture that says, uh, it says, pray without ceasing. That means that I don't have to get up at five and four or five in the morning. I can also pray at 10 o'clock. I could pray at 9. I could pray at 11, 11.30. I don't have to be up before the sun, even though I am. I don't have to get up. I can pray in the Spirit any time. I can communicate any time. I, I can give commands to angels. And I'm not personally, but as I'm praying in the Spirit, I am giving commands in the Spirit so that I can have first strike capability. The less I pray, the less first strike capability I have. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities, for we know not what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Some, per, some person said, well, hey, pastor, I don't have to pray anymore because the Spirit is praying for me. That's not what that says. It's saying that the Spirit helps. See, a lot of people, a lot of people think, you know, well, the Spirit shows up. I don't have to do it. No, he helps. 
As you pray, he helps you. You stop praying, it just kind of slows down a little bit. So, first strike capability, prayer. And I'm going to make it easy on you. Make it easy on yourself. No. I'm going to make it easy on you. I want to sing a song. And I'm sure you know this song. And I want you to start singing it every day. I watched little Ray Charles this morning because I get inspired Oh, beautiful for spacious skies, for amber waves of grain, for purple mountains, majesty above the fruited plain, America, America, God shed his grace on thee and crown thy good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea. That is a prayer. We're asking for God to have grace and mercy upon our land. How many of you know we need grace and mercy? How many of you know our, our, our leadership needs grace and mercy? And as we, as we lift our voices, I believe, that, uh, I believe that, you know, Paul's time in jail there was not in sections. You know, like, well, we're going to pray. We're going to pray now. Okay. So we pray. Okay. That was 15 minutes. So let's, let's sing for a while. <laughs> no, man. It was just... It was just flowing. They were in prayer. They were in praise. They were in worship. And all of a sudden, God just got involved, started tapping his feet. And then there was an earthquake. I think that as we, as, it doesn't matter the simplest. You know, I had a one-word prayer, I believe, that saved my life. I was in, a, I was in an auto accident that the uh, police officer told, told the insurance guy who told my father, he said, that boy should have been dead. You know what my prayer was? Help! <laughs> it worked. Yeah. I was alive. The reality is all I had was a piece of glass in my thumb where I was headed out the passenger window. I was the only one in the car. And I was thrown from the driver's side and then ended up under the dashboard of a Volkswagen Beetle. Uh, You know, I was at least 6'2 back then. Not as big, but I was 6'2, and I was under the dash and a Volkswagen Beetle. So praise the Lord. God can save us. Hallelujah. But I would have rather had first strike. (laughs) Hallelujah. Whatever it takes, Lord, whatever it takes. So, 
prayer decrees. Well, we used to call them confessions back in the back in the day, back in the Word of Faith day. But now we call them decrees. We make we we agree with the Word of God. We speak what the Word of God says. You know, one of the I've got a decree now. Every time a thought comes into my mind that doesn't that is not li- aligned with the Word of God, or even if I'm not sure if it's aligned with the Word of God, I just say, "Spirit of Truth, Spirit of Truth." I call on the Spirit of Truth, and He lets me know whether it is of God or not. And if it's not, it just starts to fade away, fade away. So we make our decrees. God has not given us a spirit of fear but a power of love and of a sound mind. We make that decree that thanks be unto God who always leads us into triumph. Always. Do you think we need to look up the Greek in that? (laughs) That means after the fact? No, it means always. He's not leading us into defeat so that he can rescue us. He always leads us into triumph. There's also uh, a truth that I believe uh, gives us first strike capability. And you might disagree with this, but I believe love. I believe love gives us the first strike capability because we know in uh, 1 Corinthians 13, it says that love never fails. If love never fails, then I've got to realize that if I have love working in me, then I am going to be victorious. And uh, let's just take it on a personal level. Now, I've mentioned this before. I can't remember the the sermon it was in or the message, but uh, we talked about cortisol being released in our bodies. Cortisol is released by negative emotions, by anger, by fear, by doubt. We get this cortisol flow, and cortisol is negative to our body. But you know, we can control those emotions. And we can control those emotions with love. Actually, what, what, what the Spirit of God was kind of revealing to me is if, if these negative emotions can bring about sickness and disease in our lives, then can love not only reverse it, but also keep us free from that. Can we have a first strike capability because of the love of God that's in our hearts? The love of God being shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost gives us first strike capability to even strike down his very attempt to, uh, to ensnare us. Thank you, Jesus. And of course, truth. Jesus, uh, we know that Jesus said, uh, you, if you continue in my word, you're my disciples indeed, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. The thing about truth is, it's not just something you know. It's something you do. Truth is not just an accumulation of knowledge or an accumulation of right thoughts or an accumulation of truths that never change. Truth, for it to be beneficial to me, 
is, is the word of God, the truth of God that I apply, that I practice in my life on a daily basis. Have you ever heard of the roller coaster Christian ride? <laughs> roller coaster Christian life. That's because I am applying truth one day and I'm believing the lie the next. We see that in, uh, in James chapter one. He talks about the man with the double, this double-minded, he is unstable in all his ways. In other words, one day he's believing the truth and the next day he's believing the lie. Let's just get it down to a little more reality. One minute he's believing the truth and the next minute he's believing a lie. The emotions go high, they go low. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I don't mind roller coasters, but I don't want that in my Christian life. <laughs> Hallelujah. In uh, 2 Samuel, before, before I read 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter 5, you know, going back to the sign, you know, God, give me a sign. You know, Jonah had a sign. God told him to go to Nineveh. And he purposefully did the opposite. He had a whale of a ride, though. <laughs> you know, and again, uh, was that God's... That wasn't God's plan, was it? That, was, that wasn't God's plan A for him to, uh, to go uh, to the, in the opposite direction. His plan was, was for him to go to Nineveh to preach a message. But, you know, there, there's some of us that we, don't, that we still think we can argue with God. You can argue with God all you want. It's just not beneficial. But in, day, uh, in 2 Samuel chapter 17, there's a, there's a truth that I believe gives us a first strike capability. David had just been made king. And um, it says in verse chapter, uh, 2 Samuel 5, 17, it says, Now when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David as king over Israel... All the Philistines went up to search for David. They weren't going to join in the celebration. They wanted to kill him. And when David heard of it, he went down to the stronghold. And the Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephim. So David inquired of the Lord questions. It's all right to ask God questions. It's all right, you know. I wouldn't suggest the why question. Oh, Lord, why? It's better, oh, Lord, what should I do? What should I do? So, in, uh, so David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, and I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hands. Hallelujah. Just a secondary note. 
Um, how many of you want the anointing? Hallelujah. Did you notice the Philistines went after David when he was anointed? You still want the anointing? <laughs> I didn't get as much response on that. It's better to have the anointing than to not have the anointing. You want the anointing. Because the bottom line, whether you're anointed, you know, uh, the devil goes after unanointed people too. I'd just as soon be anointed and have something to, to strike back at with. So in second, uh, another scripture in 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 22, it says, Then the Philistines went up once again and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephim. This is, a not, this is a different time. The enemy didn't quit on the first. They got routed the first time, and now they're coming back for David. The same scenario. You know what most of us would do? We say, Lord, I got this covered. This is the way we did it the last time. I'll just repeat the same thing. And do it again. Do it again, do it again, Jesus, do it again. And so we, we get into the do it again. We're going to do it. It says in verse uh, 23, Therefore David inquired of the Lord. You know, that's a habit. That's a good habit to get into before you take steps, before you take action, you get into the habit of inquiring of the Lord. And once he gives you an answer, do it. And he said, you shall not go up, circle around behind them and come up upon them in front of the mulberry tree. So in other words, God says, you're not gonna do it the same way. How many of you have had a confession that really worked? Man, that, that confession really worked. You know, God, after six months, says, I think it's time for a new, a new confession, a new decree. God says, don't use that one. Use this. Oh, but God, this one worked the last time so well. He says, you shall not, uh, he says, you shall not go up, circle around behind them, and come upon them in front of the mulberry trees. And it shall be when you hear the sound of mar mar marching in the, in the tops of the mulberry trees, then you shall advance quickly. For, the Lord, uh, for then the Lord will go out before you and strike the camp of the Philistines. And David did so, and the Lord, uh, as the Lord commanded, and he drove back the Philistines from Geber, as, uh, as far as uh, geezer. So in other words, the, the ultimate goal for first strike capability, you just don't want to do it the way you always did it. The bottom line is to, is to inquire the Lord. Of course, we do that with prayer. I would say regular prayer. I would say, don't just have the Lord as the emergency. You ever see these, uh, these things in buildings that says for emergency? 
and you, you hit it and you pull, the, you pull the, uh, the alarm. That's the way a lot of us treat the Lord. He's just an emergency. Well, the Lord just, you know, he'll get you in the emergencies, but the bottom line is you don't need to be in the emergency. Hallelujah. I don't want to have to wake up in the emergency room. Just a thought. Decrees, walking in love. Hallelujah. How many of you know? Walking in love, walking in love will open doors, but it'll also close doors. Close doors to the enemy and truth, walking in truth. So I believe in a first strike mentality. As a matter of fact, uh, before, uh, before the service, I saw somebody with inflammation. I couldn't tell whether it was in the right shoulder or the left shoulder, but I saw like a transparent body, just like the shoulder area with red, which I believe represented inflammation and, uh, and pain. Any, I, I, my thinking is it's the right shoulder. Anybody have inflammation and pain in the right shoulder? Hallelujah. Well, I believe if you just start moving that shoulder in the name of Jesus, I command that pain to leave in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Is it any, uh, notice any difference? Nope. Okay. Well, I'm going to ask for the uh, healing team to come up.